Football is live! Welcome, everybody, to episode 44. I am Nadme Mudis, alongside co-host Matt. Hello, hello. And co-host Ethan. Hello! Sorry, I don't know why I screamed, but I felt like it. Three hellos. Hello, hello, hello. It is always... It is always okay to scream. You are always good to scream. We like to be loud. This is gonna be a loud show. Just like the, yes. it'll be like the the SNL skit, the Loud Family. So let's get into all of our topics today. Uh, first, we'll start with the Club World Cup draw has taken place. That take that took place last Friday. And now we know that the Sounders will be playing in their first match. They will either be playing Al Ali, who is the African uh, runner-up, or Auckland City, who are the team that qualified uh, as the champion from the Oceania Conference. That game, whoever the Sounders are playing, will happen on February 4th at 12.30 Eastern. So uh, that's a time that seems uh, pretty easy for most people to watch in the U.S. I thought it was going to be much less friendly to us. Uh, And uh, if the Sounders are to advance, we will play Real Madrid in the semifinals. So all we have to do is get past one team, and then we get to play Real Madrid in a competitive match. Guys, do you think we're... Well, we don't uh, know if the match is going to be competitive just yet. Okay, yeah, competitive, okay. competitive is definitely a stretch. <laughs> okay, do you think that we're going to end up playing Real Madrid? I sure hope so. Yeah. I think it would be I'm... extremely disappointing to not only Sounders fans, but to MLS fans to miss out on that opportunity. Yeah, completely agree. I think it's uh, important to note, so while the Sounders will be coming into this game, this will be the first, the game on February 4th uh, will, against either Auckland or Ali will be the first uh, real game for the Sounders. The Sounders are playing two preseason matches, um, one against... Uh, a team from Germany and another team from Sweden. Uh, the Sounders will be tra- training in Spain before they head to Morocco. And that's where those two friendies will be. So hopefully that will help us get uh, even more fit. Um, and then also uh, Auckland City is sort of in the same boat as the Sounders in which their season doesn't even start till March. Their their last regular season uh, ended um, after it, uh, it ended more recently than the Sounders did, but it, they also have been having an offseason similar to the Sounders. So for fitness, we should be about the same levels of fit as them. Uh, so hope, So I think we have a better chance of moving on if we play them in that round. Um, and then we will move on to Real Madrid. Uh, I saw a tweet the the previous week, uh, this last week when the uh, Seahawks were playing the 49ers in the NFL playoffs, 
uh, I saw a tweet that was like, this game is basically the same as the Sounders playing uh, Real Madrid, um, in which, and I thought that was very true because it very much is, we are just happy to be there. Um, and it would be cool if we win, but no one's really expecting us to win. And I feel like that is how I felt watching my Seahawks play the 49ers last week, in which no one expected the Seahawks to make the playoffs. Um, and we got there. We were just happy to be there. It would be funny if we win, but also no no one's going to be very sad uh, about if we lose because no one expecting us to be here. And I feel like that mindset is the same for this it, like the tweet is just spot on that's the same with with whatever happens in a game against real madrid at the cup world cup we made it we're the first team to make it to the cup world cup that will always be true i think it's the same in spirit but it's orders of magnitude difference in the disparity in quality between the two teams the nfl has ways of making it fair an mls team versus real madrid is not these are these are two different leagues, literally. Different but I think ratings. it would it would be a lot of fun to watch. I would definitely I'll watch uh, I'll watch that game for sure. I'll watch um, that game too. Would that be Nuhu versus uh Vinny part <laughs> two? Uh Nuhu uh wouldn't Vinny be on the opposite side? Since well, I just mean since part they two both of play defender on, versus attacker. I mean, they play on they both play on the left side on their teams, so they wouldn't be facing off. So technically, yeah, they could be marking up against each other, but it's not like a complete matchup since they would be playing on opposite sides. It'd be Nuhu versus Rodrigo, right? Yeah. Most likely. He's fast. Or or Essencio if they're playing is on the on the right side. I don't know how much of a starting lineup Real Madrid would put out there. Like there probably won't be a Modric. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they would choose to rotate. Uh, for I think it would be a game. lot of youth. I think it would be a lot of youth. I, I think a lot of the older players would sit. Uh, the Modric, the Benzema. Um, but that being that being said, if they do play a lot of youth, and then the Sounders are to take the lead against them, if it would be interesting to see like how quickly, uh, uh, they Real Madrid would be like, ah oh, shit, we can't lose to an MOS team. Go put on the big boys. Um, I think I think back to the MOS All-Star Game in 2014 when MOS was playing Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich completely played like a second team. The minute MOS took the lead, uh, Pep Guardiola at the time was like, put on all the people who had just won the World Cup. Um, literally like a minute later. Uh, it's just like, oh, okay, dude. Just, that I mean, that just is a little disrespectful. In my I'd eyes. rather play the best competition in the world, though. I think that's – I wouldn't want to see a complete B team. I would definitely want to see Vinny. Yes, uh, I would I would like them to play their starting lineup. I mean, I want them to respect yeah. us and play their best team. Seattle Sounders, new signing. 
No, oh wait, no, so sorry, not Seattle. NYCFC signing. Okay, no, not NYCFC either, and also not Nashville. Jesus Martinez has decided to go to Inter Miami, replacing obviously the gigantic void left by the one and only Higuain, who's irreplaceable, and the league will miss him. I before before Hey Bear got signed for by the Sounders, I really wanted the Sounders to sign Martinez because I and I still think that Martinez is a better player than Hey Bear. Um obviously we've talked about in the last couple episodes about like how would the Sounder we don't know how the Sounders will rotate um with Railroad Diaz and Hey Bear really own both being like a central forward. Yeah. Uh, that being said, like uh, I I think I'm surprised, or I would like to know how many teams inquired about trying to get Martinez on their team, because like I it is insane to me if my if Miami was the only team that was after him. And it still feels like they're getting him cheap, because he is still right. a player with a who has proven to be uh, a huge uh, goal scoring threat in MOS. I will say though, before he signed with Inter Miami, I wouldn't have minded him at NYCFC. But now that he has signed for Inter Miami, you know I think he's aging, and you know he's got injury problems, and so you know it's maybe not maybe not the best signing. Might not work out for Miami. Who knows? I do want to say that it seems like Atlanta United did right by uh, Jose Martinez. Um, I believe they bought him out of his contract or they didn't enter MLS transfer without a trade back or something like that. They made it very, very easy for him to find a team that he wanted to go to. Uh, and they made it very, very easy for him to get to that team. Um, and I think they missed out on some trade value by doing it. But they they uh, they did right by their stars. Um, or by their star and by their club legend. So as much as I'm not a huge Atlanta United fan, um uh they did they did right by by a veteran player. So that yeah. was a good job. What do you think this means for Miami's title chances going into this next year? Not much. I don't know. I mean, Martinez is still good. Um, although he is he is aging. Uh, they've signed another like striker in, in his thirties. Um, he's in his thirties, right? He's, he's not either older. in his thirty. He's he's either in his thirties or he. I think he's. Oh, I think he's younger than that. He's got to be like thirty-one, right? I'm At looking it up. He is twenty-nine. Okay. Um okay, so he's not really aging that much, but he does have uh he's kind of injury prone. Um and so we'll see what kind of influence uh he'll have on Miami. I do think him and Pazuelo um could prove to be a deadly combination, although um let's be honest, um Pazuelo is like he he kind of fell off hard once he got to Miami. 
he still had, you know, some quality, but he just was not the same caliber of player that he was at Toronto. Um, so we'll see what they're like this year. Maybe Higuain was dragging him down. Who knows? Um, yeah, honestly, if they want to up their playoff chances, they got to get rid of, of Neville and get a better coach. I think one thing that's interesting about Inter-Miami is, and you mentioned it with the with them bringing in Pozuelo last year, is that the, like all the players that they're signing are players who are, the players who are coming into the team are not coming in in good form. They're players who either have a history with the U.S. national team and MLS already and aren't getting played or they're players who are, towards the end of their career and looking to retire soon. So with that being said, like obviously they had uh, some examples of that is Gonzalo Higuain. He came to the, he comes to the club at the end of his career. DeAndre Yedin comes to the club because he wanted to come back to MOS and uh, he, an MOS favorite uh, person, uh, but he wasn't really, um, like he was playing in Europe, but he wasn't performing at a high level. Uh, we look at teams like Atlanta or uh, LAFC, um, who for the players they're targeting, they're targeting players who are having huge impacts um, on the field um, at the age of like 21, 22. And then they're coming to MOS and mostly they're um, – besides like Pity Martinez, they're having success when they come to the league um, because they were having success where they were before. And the players that Inter-Miami is signing, that necessarily hasn't been true. And I think that's why they their teams aren't going anywhere is because the people that they're bringing in aren't playing with momentum. I think Miami's got an outside shot at the playoffs this year. I don't know how much noise they could make in it, but it is single elimination. You got to be the person in front of you one time. Um, I don't want to say that I'm going to playoffs this year. They did make the playoffs this year. Like they got trounced by New York city football club. I I think, I think we're, I think we might be being slightly too harsh on Miami. I think Miami has a better chance than roughly half of the teams in the East. Um. I think they're right around the middle of the, the quality teams yeah. in the East. So I, I don't want to be too harsh on them and write them off and say that they're not going to be relevant in the final weeks of the regular season or in the postseason. But um, they they do have a, a habit of getting older players and not uh, relying on youth. And it's uh, it's definitely hurting them. It's hurting their longevity. It's hurting their ability to press. Joseph Martinez yeah. cannot press at all. He, cannot, he can't <laughs> even play defense. Yeah, He looks like he looks like Messi out there, but he's definitely not Messi on the ball. Um, yeah, it's like I, it's like they're yeah. they're putting a band-aid on like an open wound or something like that. It it does feel like they're gonna have to change. If they go a year and they don't make the playoffs or they miss the playoffs badly and they can't fall back on the oh, we have youth talent, oh, our system is developing, there's no growth to show for a missing a bad season. Uh yeah. it's a bad look for them. It's a worse look for them than it would be for a team like Sensi or something that is really building something. Yeah. 
Cause yeah, cause Miami's they're, they're not really they're not really building anything. They're just kind of they're just signing bigger names. I mean, we remember they're like their four DP season or whatever it was where they some it was like they signed four or five DPs. They're just they're just kind of throwing money at the issue. Um when they really could be developing a lot more. They don't even have David Beckham's kid anymore. I mean, it's interesting to see how because they're they are a team that has a lot of support. They're like the stadium is usually filled for their games, and soon they will be moving into a new stadium. So to entering, it will be interesting to see how the support of the team um, looks like uh, in the future uh, if they. And it's going to depend on if they change how they're doing business currently. MOS announced today the groups for the 2023 Leagues Cup. Each group will feature three teams with either two MOS teams or two League MX teams. The only uh, this is for the first round. The only teams that have a bye to the round of uh, thirty-two are uh, Pachuca and LAFC for being the champions uh, in the given leagues the past in the past year. Uh, so the groups are based off of where teams finished last year, and then also. Um, geography. Um, I have lots of feelings about how the groups have been made, but what are your initial thoughts to to this announcement? There was no draw like normal World Cup draws. Uh, it was all figured out. Um, it was all figured out behind closed doors. So, uh, how how do you guys feel for the tournament that will take place between? July 21st and August 19th. I just wish it wasn't interrupting the season. It's such a, it's a decision that really puzzles me. And I don't know if I understand it. And I just, I, yeah, I just, I just wish it wasn't interrupting the MLS season. Um, But I don't know. I guess we'll see in July. Maybe it'll be like the greatest tournament ever and we'll all love it. But for now, I, I, I can't know for sure. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to see how the MLS stacks up against uh, League MX, um, like, like all the way across the board, as opposed to like how the top teams play each other or something like that. I think it'll be really cool to see what the floor of League MX versus the floor of MLS looks like. Um, I think we'll learn a lot about where the MLS is based on this tournament, and I'm really excited for it. I do wonder. It is strange. Uh, reading how the groups were determined, I don't hate it. It makes a little bit of sense. Um, it benefits some good teams, and it uh, hurts some bad teams with scheduling. Uh, it looks like um, I'm. Is this a is this a standalone trophy, or does winning this competition mean anything for anything else? If you win this trophy, you get. It, you win a spot into the CONCACAF Champions League. Perfect. And I, th- so I think the runner-up also I think the runner-up also gets in uh, versus this. So, yes. 
is it one of those things where if you were to win this and win the supporter shield uh, then the second team would move on or something yeah yeah there's those scenarios yeah um uh, yeah I, lo- I love the ability to compete with uh, League MX, and I love the ability to um, to have another chance at the CONCACAF Champions League, have a chance to go all in on a tournament for some of those teams that aren't going to win uh, in an entire season but could win a tournament like this um, if they have it tactically figured out and are ready to play. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm excited to watch more games, honestly. It is strange that it pauses the MLS season. It feels like one of those things that gets ruined form. I remember Nashville's right. form got ruined by an international break. Oh, um, yeah. NYCFC's form was corrected by an international break, if I remember correctly. So it's one of those. A little, yeah. It's one of those momentum swingers probably in the middle of the season. It could do a lot for a team like, uh, like let's say Toronto is off of their form um, headed into this tournament, and then they get close to the top and they just – I didn't mean to pick a team from NYCFC's group. I just picked a team that I think <laughs> could go on a bad yeah. run and then could go on a really good run. I just picked a team with low, low-end talents and high, high-end talent that could win a lot or lose a lot. That yeah. was not a shot at NYCFC. No. <laughs> but I, it could be no, a momentum swinger for a team like that. Yeah. So I just uh, looked it up. I have confirmed that. So if you win, the winner of the League Cup automatically qualifies for the uh, round of 16 in the CONCACAF Champions League um, and the finalist and the third place finisher advance to the opening round because uh, wow. uh, the next CCL will not have 60, will have more than 16 teams in it. Um, huh. uh, they will not be doing how it's been the last couple of years. So this um, has three spots in the CONCACAF Champions League with one of them including a bye week. That's super cool. I'm a big fan of this competition then. Uh, so I think uh, I agree with you that I think it will be interesting to see, like uh, we will get to see how the bottom half of MOS stacks up against the bottom half of Liga MX, which we've never really got to see before. Um, and yeah. like in, in CONCACAF Champions League, sometimes – it, I mean, it used to be that uh, whenever Liga MX was playing MOS, then Liga MX would eliminate every MOS team in the first round. The first time they ever did uh, the League's Cup, all the teams, uh, all the Liga MX teams beat the MOS teams. But that was also because the first edition of League's Cup featured the best MOS teams who weren't in the CONCACAF Champions League. So it was teams who had uh, finished like third to eighth versus the best teams in Liga MX. <laughs> it wasn't the, it, like the, for Liga MX, yeah. it was teams who, it was some of the, it was most of the teams who were still in CONCACAF Champions League that year, uh, which is funny Wait, to think about. Have you all That's seen how, how they're, started. have you all seen the little fold they're putting into the group stage of this? Uh, the group stage of the League's Cup of, of yeah. this year's tournament? So No matches in the League's Cup group stage will end in a tie. They will be decided by penalty shootout. A regulation win oh. earns three points. A PK shootout win earns two points. And a PK shootout loss will earn one point the same as a draw, which what? is so yeah. strange. I don't even know what to think about that because that's so different than anything I've ever seen. Yeah, so, that's so, so weird. The, yeah, so this is one thing that I was going um, that 
I was going to bring up. Um, I don't like that they're doing that. I don't like that every group, uh, that every game in this tournament will also be played um, in either the U.S. or Canada. In the, it will only be at MOS stadiums, um, which I think is lame. I think games should be in Mexico as well. Um, I also don't like that two teams are making out of each group. Um, I think this is one of the problems with the groups being two being groups of three um, is that one of the teams uh, is going to be just sitting on the couch watching their other two teams determine their fate. Um, I, which is something I don't like about this format is also why I don't like the added 12 team, the added, uh, 16 teams to the next world cup format with which will probably also be groups of three um but also just how they decided it i wish it was a draw the fact that they are stopping the entire schedule uh for both leagues means that like like this is when we should have teams play i want to play whoever i get drawn like We've to, I don't, I want there to be more interconference games. I don't need to play teams in the Western Conference more. Um, I've seen RSL, I've seen the Sounders play RSL before, I've seen that so many times. I don't need to see it again. I'd rather see Iran, I'd rather see Cincinnati play the Sounders again. Obviously, that would be an easier matchup. Um, uh, but then also how they decided the groups, I feel like isn't balanced enough. Um, we look at like in the Sounders, uh, in, in the Sounders group, it's Monterey, RSL, Seattle Sounders. Uh, Monterey is number three from Niga MX. RSL is number 13 from MOS. Sounders is number 20 from MOS. Um, I feel like it should be something more like March Madness where, um, number two should be facing off where like number two should face off against the lowest remaining seed. So for MOS, that would be the 27th team or the 28th team. Uh, now it would be the 29th team um, because St. Louis would be in this new tournament, but like it just doesn't feel balanced. It still feels like so much of this was chosen um, you look at East one, Philadelphia, like they say it's about geography, but then we have Philadelphia in the same group as Tijuana. In what world is Tijuana and Philadelphia close to each? Like, how does that make any I sense? Think, I think they, the geography is based off of the top MLS team in the group. And then the top 15 Liga MX teams are sorted in reverse order against the top 15. So the number one MLS team plays the number 15 Liga MX team. And then the number two plays the number 14. And it's based on the – it's this is a very MLS-friendly tournament, it looks like. Um, I mean, geography is based on them. Home games are – it's always home games. Um, I wish it was a draw. I, I feel like it's set up in the way to give the MLS teams a huge advantage. And I, I don't want the, the MLS teams to have a huge advantage – I feel like if MLS does well, then 
the Euro snobs and Nigam X fans are going to be like, oh, it was it was made in your favor. Um, and if it was a normal draw, then they can't say that. Also, I think that's more balanced and more interesting. I think tournaments, sports are more interesting the more balanced uh, each game is. I also think it's going to come down to the fans of the team that win this tournament or get a spot in CONCACAF Champions League because of this tournament are going to love it. And then if like LAFC were to win it or something, then we would all end up hating it. I think that's at the end of the day, it's going to be very result based. I, I I am a fan of of most of League MX playing most of uh, MLS uh, personally, but I don't know. Now that we have a whole tournament against League MX, you think we can finally get an all star game that's East versus West? I would hope so. I. I really, really hope so. Uh, that would be so much more interesting. I mean, Liga MX versus MLS, it's still entertaining. It's way more entertaining than MLS versus Bayern Munich. Uh, but please, do East versus West. Let the fans... Uh, or The stakes will become so uh, much higher. Yeah, let the fans pick. Yeah, They're going to replace player, it with uh, more players a friendly... Come in. They're going to replace it with a friendly El Trafico. That's going to be our all-star <laughs> game. Yeah, just so we can see that for the fourth time. <laughs> um, East East versus West. Then we'll learn once and for all that the Western Conference is better than the Eastern Conference. I think the East would beat the West, though. I think West has better teams, but I think the best players from the East against the best players from the West, I think the East would take it. I think the West would be significantly handicapped by the amount of LAFC players they put in it. <laughs> and the East wouldn't have that. The East, like, they're only going to take, they're really going to take the best players from the East. There's no, like, big markets that decide what happens in the East. Yeah. I think I think the big markets would hurt the quality of the, the West team. So I'm taking I, East. I would prefer that they would, if they do do that, that they would um... – limit one player to each team um there's 11 i mean there's 14 there's 14 teams in the western conference and 15 in the eastern conference like one player from each team like that would be injured i feel like that you you would still get a very uh fair game i I think think like two or three maybe three I feel like three is too three much. Is three fair. is a three is a third of the well, but maybe only one is a quarter of your team. Well, you do like you sub like the entire team. team at halftime in all star games, basically. Yeah, you end up with you don't end up with fifteen man rosters. There's bigger rosters than that. So then you could bring so uh, then I would say two because then at most then one of them from. Maybe you should just say that only one person from each team could be on the field at a time. So you could bring in more from one team, but then you just have to keep rotating that that one player. Uh, you have to keep rotating those three players from those one team from that one team. So there can only be one at AFC player on the field at a time. Just think about it in the context of our teams. I can't imagine Hani wouldn't be there. And I have to imagine Walker would be there, especially if it's East-West. Um, and then Jao Paulo and uh, Raul Diaz. Um, 
I, I don't know. I it, one feels very. I think it would be. I think it would be. I think that's what I would. That's what I find interesting about it. Is I'd be interesting to see how the teams would be made up and seeing like, like I feel like that would be a true. To me, that'd be a more interesting All Star game because we're seeing the best player from the Sounders also have to play with the best player from San Jose and the best player from Vancouver. And like, I think for Nashville, like in the Eastern conference, I feel like it would be Mukhtar. And then like, you can still get, you can, you have so many other center backs that you can pick that are going to do just as well as Zimmerman plays. Like it would like not having Zimmerman, uh, Instead of like one other person, like there, uh, there's other people who would make up for that. I see the appeal, but I, I think one is really restrictive. Two or three sounds better to me. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about uh, our specific groups for uh, the League's Cup. So the Sounders in the group with RSL and Monterey, um, you only have to beat one of those teams. Uh, we uh to move on, uh, since two teams move on from each group. Uh, I I feel like the sound, uh, I feel like the Sounders should have no trouble getting out of this group. Um, it will all come down for mo- for most of the groups. It will come down to whoever wins the game, um, against RSL. But uh, it will be interesting to see how how much the points given for penalty shootouts matter. I don't think this is Nashville's tournament. I think they're better than the two teams in their group. But the fact that you cannot draw games is going to scare <laughs> Gary Smith very badly. And I don't think he'll know how to react. <laughs> and we, and feels, Nashville... Feels, he starts walking like into the tunnel at halftime. They're like, Gary, <laughs> Gary, come back. It's like, what, what do you mean? We drew. No, Gary. <laughs> he can still get he can still get one point. He can still get one point for losing a shootout. And we know how Nash, how good Nashville is at no. shootouts. It seems like he will probably get one point. That's what would true. Be we'll get... this time. He'd be like, guys, go to just sky everyone. Just... Yeah. <laughs> He's much more comfortable getting one point than three. So yeah. we'll see. I don't this doesn't I, I in in an honest answer, I think Nashville's the best team in their group, and I think they should win. Um but you never know. It depends on form so much. Um, Nashville season, Seattle season, NYCFC season went through ups and downs and ups and downs. And it'll be the the team that plays the first game of that tournament um, is going to be similar personnel-wise, but very different form-wise from what I expect today, I'm sure. So yeah, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be able to be more accurate about it then. But I think quality-wise, Nashville should top this group. I think it's more likely that the Sounders or NYCFC somehow um, get eliminated in the group stage um, than than Nashville getting eliminated in the group stage. I think our groups are harder than Nashville's group. Um, Toluca and Colorado Rapids are both like, uh, they're very like mid teams. Um, Colorado was very good this year, um, this past year, but they haven't been consistent. So I, I could see them just not being much this year. Um, yeah. sa- same thing with Toluca. Um, it will be interesting to see what happens with Atlas and Toronto. 
um, in yeah. NYCFC's group because um, obviously Toronto was absolute horseshit this past year. <laughs> um, and Atlas yeah. was the team that was in the uh, that was in the, that cup, cup. the cup competition that doesn't yeah. matter. We have we have we have very recent history with Atlas, and I think it'll be interesting to see how that game sort of turns out. Uh, and Toronto's an interesting team because, like you said, they were horseshit, um, but they do also have uh, some you know shiny new golden toys, and you know Insigne, and well, they're not toys; they're human beings. But you know, they have new big players, and Insigne and Bernardeschi, who uh, and uh, K, um, and they didn't all get the time to sort of cooperate and really coalesce last year. Um, so we'll see how Toronto are uh, coming into this season. Uh, I'd like for them to still be horseshit, though. I think Toronto on form might be one of the top teams in the MLS. On form Toronto. Off form Toronto is one of the worst. I think they have one of the highest ceilings and one of the lowest floors of any team. So it'll de- for them and for NYCFC, it'll depend on a lot of a lot on form. Yeah, I still want to see more acquisitions from NYCFC. Uh, if I if I can give a little update on the Alexander Callen situation, uh, there have been so many rumors. Um, probably most of them BS. Um, but one recently that I've been seeing the most consistently reported is that Callens might be joining his former teammate, Tati Castellanos, at Girona FC in La Liga. Uh, apparently, he's in Spain today and is about to sign the contract. Um, my ideal situation, which is probably entirely unrealistic, because Girona is a city football group team, Count they can sign Callens, give him the money, uh, but then just loan him right back to NYCFC. Wouldn't wouldn't that just be lovely? Um, but entirely unrealistic. Um, and actually, Tati as well is is being linked with the with a move to Brighton in the Premier League, um, which I, I think could be interesting. If Kevin, I'm going to go to Colorado. Whoa, your audio is really bad. Really, really bad. <laughs> Why does that happen? <laughs> <laughs> that was like horror. It's usually not that bad. <laughs> yeah, that was like that was like ten robots. How about now? At the same time, that's good. That's good. Yeah, that's okay. good. Yeah, yeah. I always like that, when you get that, like that half an so hour. so funny in. to me. You gotta, you gotta leave that. You gotta <laughs> yeah. leave that voice in, man. It's so funny. <laughs> um, if if Callens goes to Girona, I don't think there's any chance that he gets loaned back to you guys. Which will be a shame no, because that's, yeah, he's that's a very fun to he's very fun to watch. But I find the fact that they said Tati over there and he didn't get loaned back um when he wasn't uh, a consistent starter. Um he played in the first the first couple games that he went over there, but then he wasn't a starter. Um I think Actually, so, uh, he, he so, started like a majority of, of his games, I think. I think recently he's been sat a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like mo- when I ever turn on a Girona game, it's because Tati's playing. But uh, um, I yeah. still think I would be surprised if he, he gets more, loaned uh, back. That being said, uh, I it does feel to me that NYCFC should have tried harder 
to keep him at the club because of everything he's given. And he hasn't been at the club for that long. Uh, so. Yeah, it's been since 2017. Um, oh, okay. So, okay. That's a fair amount of time. I guess that's only one year longer. Yeah, one year just, shorter than, like, Ladero. It seems like um, Callens wanted some more money. Uh, rightfully so, in my opinion. Um, because of MLS roster rules and all that stuff, uh, oh, only NYCFC could really give him that money, and it seems like NYCFC just wasn't willing, uh, which is kind of stupid because uh, he's great. And he's he's absolutely amazing for us. Uh, and if I meet Nick Cushing, I probably won't. But I'll ask him why he's so willing to let go of all these players. Um, but yeah, I guess we just weren't willing to pay the money. Um, Girona, of all teams, I'd actually I'd be happy to see him go to Girona. Uh, I enjoy watching Girona games whenever I do. Uh, if I ever find myself in Spain, maybe I'll check one out. Um, I don't know if when I'm gonna go into Spain though, but um, how is yeah. how is how does Girona play uh, stylistically? Pretty s- solid, like four four two, kind of like. Um, I haven't watched that many games, but I think a, a pretty sort of pretty sort of standard four four two. Um, got some holding midfielders in there. At, at least when Tati's playing, he's very much. You know, he he drops back and does his, you know, usual hold-up play thing that he always does. Um, they have another striker, I think, who usually plays. Um, not the most exciting style of soccer, but they're de- they're decent, you know. They're not a I don't they're not like a horrible team. They're eleventh in La Liga. They're competitive and one of the best leagues in the world. So yeah. You can't ask for much more than that. There's only a couple yeah. teams in the world that are better than eleventh <laughs> in the Liga. Yeah, I wish I could talk more about their style, but I, I unfortunately haven't watched all that much. But I think pretty standard stuff. I think is what I've gleaned. Um, yeah, they're a decent team. I it'll be funny if they get Collins because then they'll have three former NYCFC players. Um, because they also have Yangel Herrera on their roster who. Uh, played for NYCFC from like 2017 to early 2019, maybe. Um, he was never my favorite player, though. A lot of other fans really loved him, but I always thought he was kind of careless and got a lot of yellow cards. Um, but yeah, he, he had good moments. And he scored recently for Girona. It's time. Which group in the 2023 League Cup is the group of death? The first one that caught my eye was Inter Miami, Atlanta United, Cruz Azul. Not because those are the three best teams, South three. Not because those are the three best teams, but because those seem like very. I I think you could flip a coin about who's coming out of that group. Um, that looks yeah. like a very competitive group, regardless of if they'll do anything in the later rounds. Um, Cruz Azul is one of the top. Uh, They're, I mean, they're number five Uh, going into this tournament. They are ranked the number fifth best Liga MX team, but they are, they are usually competing for, they, but they've usually had a lot of success in the CONCACAF Champions League and in the MX. So I think that it, it is definitely between South three 
um, and another group for which is the group of death. Um, I have two group... other groups in mind. If you were about to, if you were about to say uh, well, what you think, yes, here. I'll I'll say South three, East three, or East four are my my mm. three groups I'm looking at as the most competitive. I think so. I was going to say Central one. Um, cause central one has club America, Columbus crew, and then St. Louis, uh, city SC in the group. Um, because you got club America, the big spenders of Mexico, the most famous club in Mexico. Uh, you have the Columbus crew, uh, MOS is the team that MOS loves to give the most hype. Uh, and then you got the new MOS team in St. Louis City, who I think are going to have a pretty good season this year. Um, I think this game, maybe maybe this group is not the group of death, but I would call this like the the group of toxic or like the toxic group because America's fans are notoriously very toxic. Um, I find Columbus crew incredibly toxic and I think that MOS is going to be eating up St. Louis and their new stadium this entire season. And we're going to hear about them so much. This group is going to be so damn toxic. Honestly, the group that sort of popped out to me first was West one. I know it has San Jose, so it's like immediately disqualified. But Portland and Tigres together seems like a, an entertaining matchup. Um, and I think that they could really um, spice things up. Uh, also, South 3, um, East 3 and East 4 were good picks on Matt's part. Um, I would love it if Red Bulls got destroyed out of East 4. I don't think it'll happen because I, I don't think... San Luis is is that good of a team, if I remember correctly. Um, East two seems like it could be weirdly competitive. I know DC is also in there, um, but I feel like it's got three teams who are kind of maybe around the same level. I think Montreal probably being the best, DC being the worst. Um, although Montreal. I, I, I kind of feel bad for Montreal this year because they've lost so much. They lost like five of their best players. They lost yeah. their coach. It's going to be a tough year for Montreal fans. Um, so I do I do feel for them a bit. Um, especially after they take that beating in the playoffs, you know. Um, but um, so, yeah, I think those are the groups that I'm kind of looking out for. I think those could be entertaining. Matt, you brought up East 4, which is the Red Bulls, the Revolution, and Atletico de San Luis. What were your thoughts about that group? Uh, I think New England's going to be – I think New England's taking positive steps this offseason. I think uh, Dave Romney, the guy they brought in from Nashville, is fantastic, underrated, and is going to be an important piece of a team that wins – a lot of games um and i think new york red bulls is obviously quality um i don't know enough about league mx to speak on san luis um when i did a quick eye scan of everything i was mostly looking at the mls teams um so i just think that those are two teams that are going to be around the same level 
uh, New England moving in the right direction. New York Red Bulls already a good team. Um, it's just what caught my eye because I was looking and I see DC United and then Houston Dynamo and uh, there's a lot of groups here with a pretty obvious bad MLS team uh, and those <laughs> two are not one of them. biggest storylines from the past week that has everyone talking comes in the Manchester Derby one of the worst offsides calls that was originally called offsides but then after a discussion between the center referee and the AR they decided that it was not offsides and the the goal and that Bruno Fernandez's goal should stand for Manchester United. Um, the goal did not go to VAR. It stood and Manchester United um, went on to beat Manchester City. Um, this is one of the worst uh, no calls that I've ever seen. And I feel bad for the assistant referee because the assistant referee made the correct call. He signaled it was offsides. It was offsides. And now, and in the end, Manchester United got three points from this game. I have no love for Man City. Um, <laughs> personally, I am not, I don't want them to win the Premier League. I don't want them to win any game they play in. But um that doesn't change the fact that this was so clearly offsides and he so clearly interfered with the play and it's missed. And honestly, it's probably three points from Man United to not just one point split, but three points to Man City. Um, and it's an important yeah. one to miss. So it's tough. It's too bad because um, it really does matter for the title race. Um, and you want the best team to win, not the luckiest team to win. Even though I think Arsenal is the best team and they'd still have the lead, even, even if Man City did have those points, this was offsides. Um, it's a horrible, horrible decision. The the more you look at it, the worse it gets. It will never get better. What 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 annoys me is some referees are saying that uh the referees made the correct call because the letter of the law states that uh if you you don't have to you have to touch the ball to be involved in the play. Well, we've seen countless examples recently where Someone has been called offsides because they because the goalkeeper the goalkeeper's view was blocked. And then when that happens, then referees are like, well, of course it's offsides because the goalkeeper was <laughs> obstructed. And yeah. uh this we've and so the you don't have to touch the ball. Um if you're in an offside position and you can very much be in an offside position and be affecting the play without touching the ball. Um, if Marcus Rashford isn't in this play, um, and there are a lot of pictures online where you can see Marcus Rashford edited out of the play. Um, if he's edited out, then the Manchester City defender is a hundred percent closer to the ball oh, and yeah. going to get to the ball before Bruno Fernandez does. Um, and the Manchester City player isn't 
going a hundred percent. And like you can say he should always be at a hundred percent, but he's not at a hundred percent because Marcus Marcus Rashford is in his way in an offside position. It's terrible. Ethan, what did what did you think? Yeah, it's so blatantly offside. Um and it's honestly it it's a shame that it that it wasn't given. Um because it's such an like such an egregious error um that we see far too often from referees, especially referees in the Premier League. Um and yeah, like just re- you mentioned those photos of where they've taken Rashford out of the play and it and it's just so obvious Akanji would have gotten that ball. That would have been his ball all day. Or even Ederson could have gotten to the ball. Um Yes, and if Rashford isn't there, then Ederson is probably going to be closer to his line. Oh, yeah. Not so far out. Yeah, Ederson was out of position because of it. Um, and you could say all you want, you know, all oh, the Man City players should have done better. They should have been more focused. But it was offside, and it, it, it most likely would have been called. We've seen offsides calls given when a player isn't even close to the ball, and then yet they still give it, which I don't necessarily agree with. But he clearly interfered with the play here. Um, and I even think he – I I love Rashford. Um, I remember um, – I still remember when he uh, sort of burst onto the scene. And that was such – that was such an exciting couple of weeks um, when he first was discovered and started scoring goals um, in the Premier League and the Europa League. Um, but I even think he uh, – he does a little bit on purpose here near the end, I think, when he notices that Bruno Fernandez is running in. I don't feel like he necessarily shields the ball, but he he does he does he does a little something, you know. And I think he just so clearly interferes with the play. Um, and without his actions, Man City probably wouldn't have conceded a goal there. And so I think you have to call, you have to call that goal back, and it can't stand. That's interesting. Do you think Rashford's at fault at all for that? Or do you think it's just the expectation that the referee has to get that right? I think the referee has to get it right, personally. Because I don't think Rashford really did all that much. I think he was kind of just playing the game. Um, I think it was only only a little bit near the end when Bruno Bruno Fernandez was running up. Do I think Rashford kind of like got in the way a little bit um like just enough to be honest i don't um, i don't think he's in the wrong for that though i think he's just playing the game and trying to score no yeah we're not trying to score trying to I, have his I team agree. score i agree what yeah, are you what are you taught what's one of the first things you're taught when you start playing uh soccer as a kid you play to the whistle he is uh what yeah. what marcus rasford is doing maybe dirty but they did not call the off, but also with VAR in the game, they don't blow the True. whistle unless it goes into the goal. So that's so the flag didn't go up until the goal was scored. He's just playing the game. You play to the whistle. It's a little dirty. Yes, if he knew he was offsides and then he decides to shield someone, you could have gotten to the ball. That is a little dirty, but that's part of the game. You play to the whistle. That's it's how true. soccer works. This is something I even think- that... 
this is like a problem though with with VAR and England though because the fact that this wasn't called offsides when he's clearly five yards offsides and then there are calls <laughs> in which someone will be offsides because like just like one inch of someone's uh, elbow will be offsides or or their or like the back of their their shoulder blade is is keeping someone on sides and they don't and they they say that's not offsides. Like the consistency with offsides in the Premier League is just absolutely terrible, and they the refs have to do better. Yeah, I was gonna say I think dirty is even like a harsh word here. I think Rashford's just playing the game, and he knows that he's on the edge of the rules. But you just do what you can to get the ball in the back of the net, and then from there you leave it a hundred percent up to the refs to decide if what you did was wrong. I I, I don't I don't see anything wrong with what Rashford did. I see everything wrong with the refs missing this call. Life be like that sometimes. Football's life be like that sometimes. That would do it for this episode of Football is Life. We'll see you next time. Remember to follow us on Twitter at WECB Football. Follow us on Instagram at footballslife.wecb. Contact the show at footballslife.net. We'll see you next Friday. Until then... Football, Football is, is life. life.